fairies. Hallelujah, what a Savior, 127. good to be here. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm always grateful to Pastor Jim when he allows me to come this way and stand in his stead. And uh, I pray once again that the Lord will bless us with a word. Good to see you all. and I'm just glad to be here. Would that you would pray for me. I, I know you have been, but can, especially I've had a cough now for a little over a month, so if you see me coughing in between, don't leave. I will finish eventually, okay? Uh, they've given me allergy medicine, and that doesn't seem to be working. Didn't know I had allergies, for one thing, and it's a very annoying cough, but the, do pray for me. Amen. So I, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have, have my wife, Faye, with me, and uh, and glad to see you all. And we're praying for Pastor Jim that he makes it back safely. And uh, as I said, I, I never take it lightly when, when a pastor leaves the feeding of his flock in my hands. It's a critical thing that uh, you get somewhat of the same food. I pray the Lord bless us this morning to do that this morning. Won't prolong the time. If you go to Matthew 12...
We're going to take the first 14 verses of Matthew 12. And it reads, At that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was hungered, and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat of the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests? Or have ye not read in the law how that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if he had known of what this means, I would have mercy and not sacrifice, he would have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And when he had departed thence, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. Then said he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held counsel against him, how they might destroy him. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for the day, Lord. We thank you for this hour of preaching. And I pray, Lord, you would bless me to give to your people what you have them know today and that you have blessed them with receiving ears, Lord, for it has to be you to, to deliver and it has to be you that they receive. Bless Pastor Jim, Lord, and his travels, and we thank you for how you use him here, and I pray your blessings on this entire congregation. And then I pray you touch somebody's heart with your word this morning, that, the, that this body be edified, and if someone's here and saved, that you touch their hearts with the preaching of the gospel. It's in the blessed name of Jesus Christ we do pray and believe. Amen. 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 Well, I've got to tell you how this sermon came about because uh, it's one of those things where God just keeps put, putting something in your face and you say, well, okay then. You know? <laughs> so I started holding Bible study a few months ago in, in, in the home and we, we're hoping that it will eventually grow to a fellowship like this, and we'll pray for that as well. I told the group that before uh, we get into actual verse-by-verse verse study, that we were going to um, study the attributes of God so that we may know the author. And by knowing the author, when we see those passages of Scripture that seemingly contradict one another, we'll know that the that can't be what it means because we know who God is. We would have studied who God is. So, so on this particular evening, we were talking about the um, omnipotence of God, how Scripture says uh, he rested from creation on the seventh day, and that 
is one of those passages that seemingly is contradictory, right? He's, he's omnipotent. He has all power, but he needs rest. So we, we talked about that, and we said, well, surely it doesn't mean that he was tired and had to stop for a day of creation. It means that he was done, and he stopped from creation. And so we went on, went on with that, and then I think it was that uh, Friday or so, uh, I was off, and I didn't do anything. I, I mean, I literally didn't do anything all day long. And it wasn't because we, we just talked about rest and, and, and not that God needed rest or refreshing. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. If he needs rest, then that cancels out his omnipotence. And that also cancels out his immutability because it means he changed. You know, those things can't be if God is who he says he is. And so I just didn't do anything that Saturday, you know. And by the end of the day, I began to feel guilty uh, for not doing anything. And, and, you know, I said, man, this, you know, the day is gone, the sun down, and I haven't done anything all day. And then Exodus 20 and 8 kicked in where God tells us to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, I know that's a law to Israel. And then I realized that my guilt feeling for doing nothing is one of the oldest tricks of Satan. Because think about it now. If God says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, what does Satan want us to do? Just the polar opposite, right? He wants us always striving, always working at, at something. And, and I recognize that, and I said that to them in the, the next Bible study. But then, after all that, that Sunday, the Sunday school lesson was this text. Hmm. And so I said, okay, I, 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 I get the message. So I want to talk about the Sabbath. I want to preach about the Sabbath and finding rest in Christ. In our text, on the Sabbath day, Jesus and his disciples are, are, are passing through a field of grain and being hungry, the disciples pluck the kernels from the, the stalks and eat them. And, and seeing this, the Pharisees accused Jesus' disciples of violating the Sabbath law by doing work by plucking the grain. They said that was work. To which Jesus goes on and defends his disciples with scripture. And he proves that his disciple had done no more than David did when he was hungry. And he said, remember David when, when he was fleeing from Saul? He entered the temple and he and his men, they were hungry and they ate the showbread, which wasn't lawful for them to do. Then he says, also, remember the priests. That every Sabbath, they not only kill a lamb, they, have, they kill two lambs and prepare them for the burnt offering. So, so you talk about not working. Work was going on, even by the high priest. And we, we, know, we know that the Pharisees had taken the law and added things and, and to mean what they did not mean. So Jesus goes to Scripture 
and he, he defends his disciples by showing them that this is not a new thing. You know, this is done before. You, you hold David in such high esteem. Uh, remember, David went into the temple. He ate the showbread, he and his followers, and they were forbidden to do so. A little later, he goes into the synagogue. Jesus goes into the synagogue, and there was a man there with a withered hand. And the Pharisees confronted Jesus once again and asked if it's lawful to heal on the Sabbath. That's work, too. And Jesus responded again with a question. He said, is it lawful for a shepherd? And he says, without a doubt, rescue a sheep from the pit, even as if on the Sabbath day. Mm. Of course, the answer is, that's what any shepherd would do. So I, I want to take a look at this and see what God has, uh, has to reveal us about the human condition and the Sabbath. Now, the first thing I noticed in this text was that hunger... Sickness, pain, trouble, these things do not take a holiday. Mm. <laughs> they don't care that it's the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. This past Christmas, I, I was, let me say, I tell everybody, I, I tell my family, say, I don't know what happened to me, but I was in bed for a week and for some reason, it, it's, it was life-changing. <laughs> That's all I can say about it, you know. Uh, I was that sick. In a, in a week, I lost 10 pounds. And it's Christmas, you know. And, it, of course, you, you know, when those days come around, you say, oh, man, I'm, I'm sick and it's Christmas. But, but that, these things don't care that, that it's the 4th of July, uh, it's Christmas, it's Thanksgiving or your birthday. Uh, they, they show up in our lives on any given day regardless of who we are. First thing, in the text, I see that trouble doesn't care. Uh, hunger doesn't care. The necessities of life, you need these things regardless of what day it is. Uh, look, at, look at our first verse of our text. And Jesus, and at the time Jesus went through, on the Sabbath day through the corn with his disciples and were uh, hungered, and they began to pluck the ears of corn to eat. If, if you're hungry, you're hungry. It, it doesn't matter what day it is. Uh, if, if, if a man is hungry, I mean truly hungry, it, it doesn't matter. And Jesus' disciples were hungry that day. Then verse, verse 10 and uh, 12 and 10, behold, there was a man with his hand with it. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? They might accuse him. Uh, this, this man, his hand is with it Friday, Thursday. It was with it the whole week before. Beloved, first of all, the thing we have to learn from this text is that pain, suffering, hunger, the necessities of life, they do not take a holiday. And notice, too, in the text, neither disciples nor the man with the withered hand are concerned with the day. If you're hungry, you don't, you're hungry, you don't care if it's a Sabbath or not. You want to eat. If, if you're sick, you want to get well. If you're really hungry, if you're really going through something, you want relief. In other words, if the predicament you're in, if you're hungry, if, you, if, if it's deep enough, if the pain is severe enough, if the trouble is frustrating enough, you don't care about the Super Bowl. You, you don't care about the NBA Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals or the World Series. You don't care what's happening in Washington or with the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. 
Okay? You, you just don't care. What you're really concerned is, how can I be relieved of this pain, relieved of this hunger? The man comes to the temple because it's his, his hand is with it. He doesn't care that it's a Sabbath and Jesus, well, I, I'll wait till Monday or, or in, their, in their case, I'll wait till Sunday and then I'll ask Jesus to heal me. <laughs> no, he wants relief right then. The disciples were hungry then. And it didn't matter to them what day it was. In Matthew 15, uh, we get an example of this. The Canaanite woman comes to Jesus crying and says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, that I son of David. My daughter, she's grievously vexed with, with the devil. And, and he didn't answer at first. He didn't answer at first. But when he finally did, his final answer was, It's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she says, True, Lord. Yea, the dog is the crumbs that fall from the master's table. In other words, the woman says, you call me whatever you want. If I'm a dog, I'm a dog. But my baby needs help. That's what I'm concerned with. I'm concerned, and she's a Canaanite. She's, she's not, in other words, she's not a Jew. She's outside. She's a Gentile. But she doesn't care about anything. She knows Jesus can heal. And say, so, yep, call me whatever you want. I, I, I'll be whatever you want me to be. But just heal my daughter. Also, notice the text, neither does sin and evil take a holiday. Look at the second part of verse 10. And they ask him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day that they may accuse him? Verse 14, the Pharisees went out and had a counsel against him on how they might destroy him. Oh, beloved, don't, don't think because... You're here in GCA because things are, are, are well at home. That you're free from the fiery darts of Satan. Trouble doesn't care. Sin doesn't care. Evil doesn't care that it's your birthday. Okay? Sadly, we hear stories all the time on the news of uh, people being killed. And they, they always throw that line in or something like this. And they were on their honeymoon. Or things like that. So evil... And sin, they don't take a holiday either. They're, they're, they're always working, trying to plot and destroy our testimony and our witness. Satan doesn't want us to succeed. He wants us to fail. He wants us to fail publicly. No, it's no good for us to crawl up in a room and everything. No, he wants it for public display so he can say to the world, so we can say to other people, see, I told you that guy wasn't nothing. It never takes a holiday. Uh, he, he wants to destroy our witness. Paul's answer to this is, over in Ephesians, you know it well. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil days and having done all, stand. 
Stand therefore, having your lords girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul says you have to be always ready. You have to be ready for an attack from Satan. Stand the words, stand the scriptures, stay, stay ready, because if he hadn't attacked you yet, he's coming soon. And if he hadn't attacked you yet, uh, you might go check <laughs> that thing. It's, you know, you know, Satan hadn't bothered me. You know, I, I hmm. So, yes, pain, trouble, heartaches, misery, they don't take a holiday. And secondly, neither does the evil schemes of Satan and the devil. They don't take a holiday as well. Then Jesus tells us in verse 7 and verse 11 and 12 that it's always a good time to do good. It's always a good time. He's telling verse 7, Matthew 12, verse 7, but if you had known what this meant, I would have mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guilty. So what, what, what is he referring to? Back over in Hosea, the sixth chapter, sixth verse where this is quoted from, God is talking to Israel and, and how wicked they had become. You know, not caring for people, not caring for one another, not, not living a life to God. But... They were still going to church every Sunday and doing sacrifices every Sunday. So they thought they were all right, you know. And, beloved, we, we, we have to be very careful that we don't get so caught up in ceremony that we forget to do the work Jesus has charged us to do. Now, Israel, yeah, the sacrifices, God told them to do it, right? It was a command. This, this is what you do. But God says, even as far as the, th that goes, there is a higher law that sh you should abide by. That is a law of mercy. If you see your brother or sister in need, take care of that need. It's not, oh, you know, I can't do it because it's a Sabbath day. I, I can't do it because of this or that. And Jesus, Jesus tells him, the Pharisees, if you had known what this meant, you will not have condemned the guiltless. It's always a good time to do good. Don't, don't, don't think it's, you have to wait for a certain day. No, no, no. If somebody's hungry, you don't have to wait for Christmas and Thanksgiving to go out and work in the soup kitchen. Mm. Go tomorrow. Amen? Amen. They're, they're hungry tomorrow. Go today. And then... As I felt that Saturday, we cannot feel guilty for receiving the blessings of God. And what I mean by that, if you, Jesus tells the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand, and he stretched his hand out, and it's whole, right? Now, we don't know anything about this man. We don't know if it's his first, if it's his first time in the synagogue. We don't know if he was a believer in God at all, anything. But today was his day, that, that Sabbath was his day of healing. Mm. 
And just like I was feeling that Saturday, beloved, I'm sure this man was glad he was healed. But you know what? You know how we get? Let me back up and say it this way. No, we don't deserve any of God's blessing. Amen. Okay? Let me say it that way. We don't, we, we don't actually deserve a rest. We should be struggling every day, struggling every day just because of our sin nature. We should be in a struggle. But God has blessed us. He has blessed us. And we can't let again, we can't let Satan, we can't let this world convince us that the blessings we receive from God, there's something wrong with them because we are who we are. Well, first of all, I, I know who I am. I'm, I, I am a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. I belong to God. Yep. I belong to God. And yeah, you can throw up in my face, you know, man, there's always somebody in your past. It's come up. How are you preaching? I know you from when you, you were a rascal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? How's it you over here at GCA and, and how, how's it you love I, I remember when. And beloved, we can't fall prey to that trick. Just like, just like I was feeling that Saturday. God blessed me with a day of rest. And at the end of the day of rest, I was feeling guilty because God blessed me with a day of rest. <laughs> Which is what he said to do. And now I, I, I know it's a law, but come on, be practical now. You need to rest. There's it, a practical side to that thing. It's not, it's not just a ceremonial thing. It's God saying to human nature that you can't go 24-7, 365 days a year. You need to rest. And there should be no guilt there about receiving that blessing, receiving the blessings of God. And he says in, in verse 11, which one of you who had a sheep... If it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, it will not take hold of it and lift it up. And they said, how much of more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It's lawful. It's, it's okay. Okay? Whatever, what, whatever you may think about it, it's okay to do good any day of the week at any time. And there's, and there's no need to feel guilty about doing that, as well as there's no reason to feel guilty about receiving the blessing. But, but you, you, you know how we are. I like this verse particularly because I, I know it's somewhat of a similar to when Jesus says that you have a sheep and falls into a pit on the Sabbath. What you going to do? You're going to go get the sheep, right? Here's the, here's the unwritten implied in that text right there. The implication is that regardless of what day it is, the shepherd is still looking out for the sheep. So much so that if one is missing, he goes and get it. Beloved, that's, that's our God. Uh, that's our God. You know, you know, yeah, whatever we're going through, wh- whatever, the, whatever the day, whatever the situation, he is looking out for us. He knows us. He, we're his sheep. He's concerned about us. If I was a, a sheep and, and had a good shepherd, say, hey, hey, man, you're in the pit down there. You, you need out. He says, I'm doing fine. My, my shepherd's coming to get me in a minute. I know because he's a good shepherd. You know? Yeah. 
So that's, 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 the, that's the most comforting part in this verse to me, that the shepherd had always has a watchful eye out for a sheep, regardless of the day, regardless of the situation. Psalms 21, 4 says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleep. Any day or night, God is watching. So then, how was Jesus able to defend his disciples and, and, and heal another man? How was he able to do this? I, I, I mean, he does it, but technically, if you, if you really want to get down to it, it's work. Okay? And he says it's okay to do it, but who is Jesus to say it's okay to do it? Right? I mean, if I go out here and stand at the red light out here and tell, tell cars to come back, the light is red, but you can go on. I hope somebody will ask me, well, uh, what, what authority does the city of Smyrna give you to stand out here and tell people the light is red, but go on? So by what authority does Jesus say that it's okay to do good on the Sabbath? It's okay to heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus says his authority becomes because he is sovereign even over the Sabbath. He's sovereign even over the Sabbath. He can do whatever he wants to do with any day of the week he wants to. If, if, he, if he wants to make, want, make Wednesday the Sabbath, then Wednesday's the Sabbath. Okay, it doesn't have to be Saturday for Israel. What, what? He is Lord of the Sabbath. Right. And Jesus says, what I say goes. And furthermore, what are you going to do if you don't like it? <laughs> right? <laughs> he has the power. He has the power. So what is it about the Sabbath? What, what is it? About the Sabbath, why, why, why would God even go as far as, as to say that uh, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? Because He refers it even back to His creation. So it's four and six days I created the world, and on the seventh day I rested. You know, and then there's another passage that's even more of a, a conundrum if you don't really pay attention. Uh, he says that He rested and was refreshed. Beloved, when you get the passage like that, you really have, have to have an understanding of who God is. You look at that passage, you can say, wait, wait, wait a minute. God had to rest and be refreshed? If he has to rest and be refreshed, then he's, he's not immutable. And if he's not immutable, then he's lied about himself because he said, I'm God and change not. And if he's lied about himself and said, I'm God and change not, but yet he needs, he's tired and needs to be refreshed, then something's wrong somewhere and we can't trust anything God says. But the fact is, when God speaks like that, I, I taught all this, and I'm sure Jim has taught you all this. When, when God speaks like that, it's an anthropomorphic type of speech. It's that to put it on a level we can understand, God has to dumb it down for us. Okay? The point was that if after six days of creation, had I needed rest and refreshing, I would have taken it. But after six days of work, you do need rest and refreshing. Now, you're not God. 
That, that passage shows up right after God gave Moses instructions for building the temple and all the furniture and everything. He said, when y'all start on this project, you're going to work six days on it. You're going to do it every day. And say, but on the, on the Sabbath, y'all rest. Okay? You take a rest and you, you get refreshed and be ready to work the next day. So what is the Sabbath about? The Sabbath is about trusting the power of the Lord of the Sabbath. In any age, in Israel, in church age, resting is about trusting God. For Israel, God tells him six days you work, seventh day you rest. Okay? Matter of fact, the law is real strict there. So if you don't rest, we're going to see till you get a permanent rest. <laughs> You know, you said you, you, you rest or die. And, but then, not only that, you remember how the manna came. The manna came uh, six days, and, and the six days they were together for the seventh day because you couldn't do it otherwise. You know, the, the manna didn't fall on the seventh day. It was enough for them on the seventh day. And then, in their yearly calendar, every seventh year was a year that they just let the fields grow. Now, you, you know, if you're a farmer today and you depend on the, the crop to pay your bills, and raise, you know, I doubt if you could really let a whole year go by without planting anything. Mm-hmm. But God tells Israel, you, you can plant for six years, but the seventh year, you don't plant anything, you let the land rest. And beloved, to do that, you have to trust God that God is going to provide for you in that year that he said, don't do anything. And then the year of Jubilee comes around and it says, "Okay, this is seven sevens of years. And so everything that you uh, borrowed, people who work for you and everything, all their land, all those possessions go back to them. And we start fresh every 50 years. Now. You can imagine that wouldn't sit well today with people, right? right. Okay? You know, after 50 years, you, you got a 30-year note and, or, or whatever. It says, say, let's, let's use a house note for you. It says you got a 30-year note, and then after 30 years, you bought money or, or whatever on the house or whatever, and all, all debt is wiped away. You're clear. You don't have to worry about the debt at all, at all. It's just it's clear, and just start over again. Now, that wouldn't fly too well today. And I don't think it flew too well in Israel at the time, okay? So the Sabbath, the Sabbath, it, it, to, to rest, you have to trust the power of the Lord of the Sabbath. Beloved, I know you hear me saying that, but that's not easy to do because we are fallen creatures. For some reason, we just, we got to help God with this thing. You know, that's the whole divide in Christendom. Are we saved by grace without works or is there something for us to do? Do I have to do something or do I trust that God has done it all, that he's finished the work? And I'm to trust the work of Christ that is done, is finished, and there's nothing for me to do but believe. Beloved, that is hard to do. Paul says to the world, it's foolishness. Okay, okay come on now. You're really going to tell me that I don't have to do anything but believe in this man called Jesus. And 
I can go to heaven, have eternal life, and live in a place he's built for me? That just sounds crazy, you know? You mean I don't, I don't have to give you any money? I, you know, I don't have to sacrifice my firstborn. I don't have to give you an arm, a leg, a, 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 a nothing. All I have to do is trust that the work that Jesus Christ has done is sufficient. All I have to do is rest in that work. It's hard to do for a sinner. A sinner can't do it without the power of God. And then back to the text, the sinner cannot do it without the power of God, no more than this man with his withered hand could stretch forth his hand without trusting the power of God. I know what uh, for a long time what I had in mind was Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. And he put his withered hand out like that. OK, it, that's that's stretching of the arm. OK, it's not the hand. But Jesus tells the man to stretch forth your hand, your withered hand. Now, at some point in time, there has to be a trust in the power of God through Jesus Christ that if Jesus says, stretch forth my hand, then when, when I go to stretch forth my hand, it's going to stretch out. Mm. The Sabbath, the rest, the rest is about trusting God, trusting his power. Trust in Christ that the work is done, beloved. No, if you want to give blood to the Red Cross, go give blood to the Red Cross. Okay? If you, if you, if you, and Jesus, all these, these things are good, okay? But they have nothing to do with you going to heaven. You're not going to get any brownie points. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, we ought to pray, but man, I didn't pray today. Oh, oh, God, don't give me God. <laughs> No, it's not like that, beloved. We are trusting. We're resting on the finished work of God. Hebrews 4, 8, the writer says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath, a rest for the people of God. For whosoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no uh, one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. All that's about Israel's disobedience. And it, prior to that, it, it talks about them not entering the rest because of disbelief. But the scripture says the rest comes if you believe, which comes. Through faith, which is a gift. Amen? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's nothing you can do. It's God. It's the Lord of the Sabbath who does the work. It's the Lord of the Sabbath who we must trust that the work is finished just as the work was finished in creation. When, when God says it's after six days, God rested, it means he, he was done. That goes even further back. If you can have a quote of God's eye view for a minute, we have that passage where it reads that the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. It was already finished. Before the world began, in God's mind, the, the, the work of salvation was complete before the world even came on the scene. 
that rest, that Sabbath is far more reaching than just taking a day. It's about trusting God. It's more than about what day we go to church on. Okay? I don't know about here, but uh, some people say Sunday is a new Sabbath. For New Testament, I, I tell people all the time, Sunday is no Sabbath for me. It's no Sabbath for me because I'm playing. I'm working hard. And believe me, I'm sweating sometimes playing or, or just getting, you know, getting songs ready and things like that. Uh, uh, do pray for me. I'm, I'm falling apart. I'm just, you know, I, I'm falling apart. Before the cough, I'm still having trouble with, I was having trouble with his arm and back and things like that. And, and I, I, you know, suffering through playing and, and pain and everything. You know, I tell anybody, I said, you know, church is work. You know, coming up here, it's, it's no Sabbath rest. It's more than just being about a day, what day we worship on, okay? The Sabbath is about trusting God, trusting that the work he has done is complete. And you can rest on that. Amen. You can rest on that. What are you doing to go to heaven? Nothing. I'm resting. I'm resting. Well, you're not doing anything? Nope. I'm I'm resting. But don't you have to do this? Nope. I I don't have to do anything. Jesus has paid it all. I'm resting on the finished work of Christ. But yeah, surely you have to do something. Go, Go dip in a lake somewhere 10 times or something and say 25 Hail Marys or something. Surely there's something you have to do to get this thing right. Said, no, man, I'm resting. Said, God has done it all. And I'm trusting him. You've heard me tell this story before. A young lady used to go to church with, she was asked, what would happen if God sent you to hell? You heard me tell that story before, right? What would happen if God sent you to hell? And she said, well, I'm just going to pull up a chair and sit by the door and wait for him to come get me. I believed in the finished work of Christ. And if I go to hell, he's got to come get me if he's God and he's true to his word. Beloved, the Sabbath, the Sabbath is all about trusting the finished work of God. So every now and then, every now and then, let the grass go. Yeah, I promise you, it's okay. I know. <laughs> you know, let, let it go for a day. And just do nothing and let the Lord breathe on your brain. And refresh your mind. And then, at the end of the day, don't feel guilty about having not done anything. You know how we are. You ain't done anything all day. Yep. <laughs> You're exactly right. Okay. But now don't don't try to do that every. Let's put it away. Don't try. Let's do it. If, if we call Saturday the Sabbath, let's try to let's, let's do that every Sabbath. Okay, there's stuff that got to be done. All right. But every now and then, every now and then, we just need to spend time with God, and then do nothing, and stand still. The Scripture says, and see the salvation of the Lord. And stand still and see what what God's doing. Okay? Not always busy, not cumbered about like Martha. Martha was Martha was doing it was good, right? 
Jesus comes by the house and he said, hey, let's get him something to eat. That, that's commendable. But Martha, she's in the kitchen preparing the meal and, and everything for Jesus. And then she gets mad at Mary because Mary is just sitting there listening to Jesus teach. Jesus, tell, him, tell Mary to get him to come help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're coming about many things. She has chosen the good part. Let's, let's not get too busy doing that we forget to rest in life and in Scripture. No, there's nothing you can do. And yet, yeah, if you feel guilty, that's fine uh, about your shortcomings. That, that's, that's not a bad thing either. It's the Holy Spirit working in you to let you know, yeah, you still got a long way to go. Okay. You hadn't arrived yet, but not to the point to where you think that what you're doing is somehow winning brownie points with God. Nope. <laughs> it's rest. It's rest. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's Salvation by Grace Sunday morning message. Please visit our website at salvationbygrace.org for weekly updates and our ever-expanding archives. Join us again next time as we delve into the Word of God and study His Sovereign Grace.